Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, hope you're doing all right and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 13th of April. Keep listening to hear more about a man who's been given a suspended prison sentence after he was caught doing wheel spins in a Tesco car park in Faversham. He was found to be over the legal alcohol and drug limit. But first, three people have been charged with murder after a man was found dead in a car park in Canterbury. Kate has more for us, so what details have emerged today? Well, police have named the victim as 51-year-old Guy Malbeck. He was discovered with serious injuries in Castle Street on Easter Monday and died at the scene. Forensic teams were called to scour the area for evidence and part of the multi-storey car park was cordoned off. Much of the investigation has been focused along Gas Street next to the Canterbury Castle ruins. And can you tell me more about the charges that have been issued? Yes, three people have been accused of murder, including 49-year-old Gavin Horton and 21-year-old Arita Sakalaukas, who both live on Old Dover Road. The third suspect is Sabantu Sabanda, who's 27 from Albert Street in Whitstable. Some of the people who live near the car park have spoken to Kent Online about how shocking it is. Michaela Neal says her heart goes out to the victim's families, but she's not surprised that something like this has happened. And neighbours also expressed concerns about safety as he often walks that way late at night on his way home from work. Thanks, Kate. Now let's take a look at our most read story today. A man who was caught doing wheel spins in a Tesco car park in Faversham has been given a suspended prison sentence. Troy Reeve was arrested during the annual Hop Festival last September. Checks revealed he only had a provisional licence and was not insured to drive the vehicle. A blood test later revealed he had illegal levels of alcohol, cocaine and MDMA in his system. The 24-year-old from Bradfield Avenue in Tenham has been banned from driving for 18 months and ordered to pay nearly £250. Five stabbings in three weeks have left people in a Kent town fearing for their safety at night. The attacks in and around Ramsgate seafront include a fight in a kebab shop and the robbery of a taxi driver. Kent police say they've stepped up patrols in the town. We've been finding out how local people feel about it all. There's been a few set twos, normally in the summer when more drinking is taking place. Um, but no, I wouldn't say it's quite noticed. I've noticed anything going on. Uh, has been a few fights recently around the area. Um, we do have CCTV that goes outside the pubs that the police often come asking for if we picked anything up. And um, what would you say to someone if they're worried about you know safety coming out of Ramsgate? Is it still a safe place to go on a night out? Safe place to go on a night out. Um, obviously, what's over you? It's about you. Never walk home. You know, avoid the town centre. Um, so I say to my eldest, just you know, you never ever walk home. You stay and never be on your own either. Um, I think I'd probably say that to them, even if there wasn't a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Just be more aware, really, of your surroundings. And probably, in all honesty, as well, a couple of places to avoid. I don't want to slay other businesses in the area, but there would be a couple of places I would say don't go into. My twins are 15, um, so obviously they're not out late at night at all. I'm very strict. Thank you, bye-bye. My oldest is back from uni uh, for the Easter holidays. um, She works in a bar, and so to do late-night closes, I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. stay on the phone with me and you know, until you get home and yeah. So that in that respect, I'll probably worry more yeah, yeah. with the kids and and what life's gonna be like for them as years go on in this area. 
away from the pub, you're in town late at night. Do you worry about Yeah, violence? absolutely. I walk home with keys in one hand and a lighter in the other just in case. Not that anyone has been brave enough just yet, but it's, the, the threat's always there and it's always a worry. Of course it is, walking yeah, home at one o'clock in the morning by myself. How late do you normally have to walk home? So it's anywhere between tw- 12 and 1 o'clock depending on obviously what night normally the weekends it's closer to twi- uh, 1 than it is 12 yeah um, but yeah of course it's a worry I'm a young female on my own when every other weekend or the last what three or four consecutive weekends yeah. somebody has been luckily not fatally but hurt yeah so yeah unpleasant well I've got teenage children so them going out of an evening is definitely worrying and my staff leaving, leaving work of an evening because it's late, yeah. early hours. It will affect the businesses eventually. At the moment, maybe not so much because it's still quite early, but people don't go down the seafront as much as they used to, and especially along the Harbour Street, it's a lot quieter of an evening, and businesses are going to struggle. Not necessarily hospitality, just all businesses. Elsewhere today, a dangerous crack has appeared near an exclusive gated community in Broadstairs. The damaged cliff was spotted at the North Foreland private estate near Stone Bay by the Coast Guard. It sparked concerns there could be a cliff fall, with walkers being urged to be vigilant. Two brothers who were jailed for violent attacks across Medway were two of the youngest people in the UK to receive ASBOs. 30-year-old Shaman Williams and 33-year-old Tyler Williams were given the antisocial behaviour order back in 2003 for tormenting people in Folkestone when they were just 10 and 13. Shaman from Tupman Close in Rochester and Tyler from St Albans Close in Chillingham have now been locked up for 13 years. Kent Online report. There are plans to make it harder for second homeowners to rent out their properties on websites like Airbnb. It's been pushing up house prices in some areas and forcing local people out. Figures show a 22% rise in holiday lets in Kent over the last three years. In future, you could need planning permission to rent out your place. Government Minister Chris Philps says a consultation will be welcomed in tourism hotspots like Whitstable. So I think this is a consultation that is being launched um, by my colleagues in DLARC. Uh, I think it's a good idea uh, to run this consultation to get views. Um, I think in principle it sounds very sensible because I know talking to, um, so I represent Croydon, which doesn't have a huge tourist economy, um, but talking to colleagues in Parliament from places like Devon and Cornwall, the Lake District, uh, Norfolk, places like that, which do have large tourist um, economies. They say uh, people living in those areas find it frustrating that lots of the housing, um, houses in those areas get taken up with sort of short-term lets. Local people find it difficult to get on the housing ladder, young people in particular. And so I think this move is designed to give local councils uh, more ability to control that. So I think it makes sense. A man's been arrested after armed police were called to a petrol station in Ashford. Officers taped off the BP garage in Hythe Road as they worked to identify the suspect. A 62-year-old was arrested and an imitation firearm was seized. He's been released on bail as investigations continue. There's been a rise in diabetes cases in Kent and it's feared the cost of living crisis could be partly to blame. More than 114,000 people are now living with the disease in our county. That's an increase of 8,000 in the space of a year. Jill Steeton is from the charity Diabetes UK. It's bad news about diabetes everywhere, to be honest with you. It's it's rising. But yes, we do know that we have a a 7.28% increase in the people living with diabetes 
diabetes in Kent over the last year. So, um, yeah, that's a concern. And of course, there's also a, a large number of people who are living with undiagnosed diabetes and at risk of type 2 diabetes as well. There's lots of reasons, really, but diabetes has been increasing year on year for some time. Um, the most common type of diabetes is type 2 diabetes. About 90% of people who have diabetes have type 2. And we know that um, that is linked, unfortunately, to um, people being overweight or obesity or can be linked to, into that. So we are worried that the number, the increasing number of people living with being overweight or obesity um, is translating into an increase of people living with type 2 diabetes. But not all cases of type 2 diabetes is associated with overweight or obesity. Uh, it's just the single greatest factor um, and the one that probably people can moderate most. Let, let's be clear, first of all, that something things cannot be changed. So that it's also linked to uh, family history, to increasing age, um, to ethnicity for people with African Caribbean, Black African, South Asian um, uh, descent have two to four times more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. Obviously, none of those are are modifiable. Um, and also social deprivation is also an issue. Uh, such uh, Factors such as income, education, housing, access to healthy food, as well as poor access to healthcare, um, have been linked to increasing risk of developing several health conditions, um, but including obesity and type 2 diabetes. Um, so there we're at where we need to, to call on the, the government and systems to try and actually improve um, the environment for, for people, the social environment, if you like. Um, but in terms of obesity and being overweight, obviously leading a healthier lifestyle, um, looking at your diet, uh, increasing your exercise um, and starting off small. You know, we're not expecting people to start running marathons straight away, but starting off an increasing exercise. Um, can really help just getting off one stop uh, of the bus earlier than you might used to before and starting walking that little bit can all can all help. Um, but uh, it, it is it is challenging. But yeah, we, we need people to try and think about their health to get there's lots of support out there as well. People with type uh, any type of diabetes, all types of diabetes are, is serious and can lead to the same complications. Um, and we know that actually the NHS spends uh, most of their money on, on dealing with the complications rather than trying to prevent people from you know, getting diabetes in the first place. So um, that that's a factor. But you know, we it is a leading cause of heart attack, heart failure, stroke, um, amputations, kidney failure, eye problems, all of those things are really what we, you know, all of those, if you are Man, if you're diagnosed with diabetes nice and early, you are given support to help manage your diabetes and control it in a good way. The risk of developing those complications is much less. So that's what's really important, that people look out for the signs and symptoms of diabetes, get tested, get support and, and seek support to, to manage their diabetes well. Um, and that has been challenging over the, the pandemic. And we need to, the health systems to make sure that people are getting their annual checks and giving the support they need to actually manage their diabetes so they don't develop those really devastating complications. People who live in 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 more um, impoverished areas are likely to um, struggle more. Um, you know, so um, people in Thanet, for example, where which is more um, known to have um, areas of deprivation, because the access to fa factors such as their income and being able to afford um, good quality food and not just be able to, to you know look at what's on offer, um, education, housing, access to that healthy food. Um, if you're going to a food bank, you're generally having to think about what's available in the food bank, not necessarily thinking health on top of your mind. You're, you're thinking, well, am I going to be able to eat today? Um, so really, 
uh, those kind of things that is really important that we we kind of look at that in, in the round you can't it's not just about um, an individual making decisions sometimes that sometimes people don't have a choice about the decisions they might make in those more difficult areas. A woman's been rescued by lifeboat crews in Ramsgate after getting stuck in a cave while taking pictures for only fans. Michaela Ogilvie says she was worried she would drown when the tide came in and realised she'd been stupid. She called for help and was saved by the RNLI. She's now sharing the story so others can learn from her mistake. Junior doctors in Kent and the rest of England are on strike for a third day as they fight for better pay. Hospital services have been disrupted this week because of the walkouts. The British Medical Association's calling for a rise in wages. KMTV's Jatsia Samuel's been speaking to Medway GP Dr Julian Spinks. A 35% pay increase, that's causing quite some controversy because I think a lot of people that we've been speaking to on the streets do support these doctors in asking for more money. But 35%, that seems quite unreasonable. It's based on the amount of money it would take to get them back to the equivalent wage that they had, uh, you know, about 2008. but it's a starting point in negotiation. I've been involved in local negotiation in the past, and you go in uh, with an amount. The other side normally comes out with something very low, and you work towards an agreement in the middle. And what seems to have been difficult is that uh, the, the government has sort of almost said, well, you've got to give up on any uh, initial negotiating position before we'll talk to you, which is not typical in negotiation. Um, and really there's very, very high strength of feeling amongst junior doctors. 98% voted to strike, which is an incredibly high response compared with even other public sector industry. We do know that the discrepancy between doc- junior doctors' salaries is quite significant. Um, the BMA, the British Medical Association, are saying that the lowest earners earn the equivalent of around £14 an hour. But we know that some of the highest earning junior doctors can earn up to £80,000 a year. Why are we seeing such a big difference for, from these, these workers? Well, the thing is that you can be a junior doctor for a very long time, particularly in surgical specialities, it can be 15 years. So you've got people in their, they're often in their sort of mid-30s to even into their 40s. Um, and so the wages do go up as you get progression. Compared internationally, those wages are lower typically than elsewhere, and that's one of the problems the NHS has. Junior doctors are looking and seeing overseas and saying, I could be earning more money, often for shorter hours, so they leave. We desperately need to retain doctors, because if we don't have doctors, we can't treat people. Controversial plans to build hundreds of homes in Chatham have been revived nearly 10 years after they were first tabled. Developers want to build 450 homes at Gibraltar Farm in Capstone Valley, but have previously been rejected by the council. A decision will be made in the coming days. Those opposed have described the project as out of touch. Two Kent Leisure Centres are a step closer to reopening after a national company agreed to take over running them. The sites in Sevenoaks and Edenbridge were forced to shut last month when the previous firm went into liquidation. The council will now send in specialist teams to restart the maintenance and begin a deep clean. Kent Online reports. A report's warning asylum seekers are at risk of missing out on basic healthcare services because of limited internet access. The British Red Cross says many who've crossed the channel to Kent in small boats are unable to get the help they need while living in refugee accommodation. Tom Cottam is from the charity. So the report we published today found that people seeking asylum are often struggling to access the internet. Uh, And this might be because uh, the accommodation they're in doesn't provide Wi-Fi. 
or simply that they just can't afford access to a suitable device uh, like a smartphone or a laptop. Um, and this can have really profound implications for their access to, to basic healthcare services and can have a really uh, significant impact on their physical and mental health. So really worryingly, for instance, people we spoke to reported that they might delay uh, or often avoid uh, getting medical attention for, for an issue that they're experiencing simply because they, they are struggling to access um, the internet and can't navigate the online platforms. Um, but also they reported that this list left them feeling often isolated and feeling lonely. Not only were they not able to access healthcare services, but also struggled to communicate with, with friends and family, um, which compounded those, those issues of, of isolation and, and loneliness and feeling cut off. We know how, um, how increasingly healthcare services have moved online since the pandemic. And we've all seen that in our, in our day-to-day lives and needing to access a GP, quite often you'll have to go online first to book an appointment. Um, so when people struggle to access the internet, that can have a really profound Im impact on their on their health. We think there's some, some really sim simple and practical steps that the NHS and the government can take to make progress on this issue. So uh, firstly, we want to ensure that all asylum accommodation provides uh, free and reliable access to Wi-Fi and that people seeking asylum um, can access a suitable device like a smartphone or a laptop and a space, a private space, where they can have conversations uh, about their health. Um, we also want to make sure that people who come to the UK and may not have those skills already to navigate the, the technology um, and to access um, services online are upskilled to ensure that they're comfortable doing that and have the skills to to um, get online and, and to access those services that they need to access. Um, and finally, we wanna make sure um, that the NHS is really thinking about the needs of this group of people seeking asylum when they're designing services and increasingly um, using digital uh, means as a way of, of delivering services um, and thinking about ways in which they can ensure that there's alternative routes that people can access services. So ensuring that people can, can, um, can talk to their to their um, GP on, on the phone, for instance, and making sure that that's affordable. Uh, it can be very costly at the moment, which can be a, another significant barrier to, to people getting the help they need when they need it. The Home Office insists they work with the NHS and local authorities to make sure asylum seekers get the necessary support. Now, two dads from Sittingbourne who started grilling burgers in their garden as a hobby are now planning to sell their food at a local pub. Chris Pickup and Mike Sproston set up a business called The Grumpy Dad's Grill two years ago and have since worked at various events and festivals. They're now hoping to turn part of the Warden Bay pub in Sheerness into a restaurant. And head over to Kent Online to see pictures of some of the exotic-looking creatures that have washed up on a Kent beach recently. One man who regularly walks along the seafront at Woolmer has discovered a seahorse, a brightly coloured dragon net fish and a small shark. Kent Online Showbiz. Finally today, Connor Maynard's been on our sister radio station KMFM to tell us all about his latest single, By Your Side. As well as being about heartbreak, it's also a message to fans to thank them for supporting him. He's spoken to Numi on the hit list about his recent time out of the spotlight. You took a little break from social media um, and yep. and like the world and now you've come back with new music this year. Um, how did you find your your time away? Because obviously you've, you've spent so much of your career 
online. What was it like taking that step back? Oh no, yeah, it was it was a scary thought, a scary kind of concept, and to to kind of take a massive step back from something that has been so kind of prominent in my career ever since the beginning. But I just felt like I needed it. I just felt like, um, you know, I didn't want to, I was kind of going through a time that, you know, wasn't easy and I didn't want to kind of have to force myself to, you know, pretend to be absolute, that everything was fine. Because I think, you know, my, my, I'm very, I am very much me on social media, but I feel like my, my, the kind of standard me is I'm, I'm normally quite, you know, uh, I feel quite, quite good, at least kind of what I obviously show um, online. And I think that at that point, I, it kind of felt a bit like, it, it felt maybe too much to 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 have to yeah as I said like to kind of pretend everything was fine so I kind of just thought you know I'm gonna take a step back um and kind of just do things that I felt could help me in that moment which was kind of pour it into to music and, and write a bunch of stuff about what was going on uh spend more time with my friends etc and and I guess take some time to to heal away away from uh kind of uh you know picking up my phone every five minutes and looking at different uh, social media pages, etc. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the music that's come out of it now. By Your Side, uh, your latest single is, uh, like, amazing. I'm obsessed Thank with you. it. Such a good track. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, you said in the, in the press release for it that it took quite a while to write and you scrapped, like, a, quite a few versions before you settled on, on this one. What was the mm -hmm. kind of like aha moment where you were like, this is it, this is the word? Um, I feel like with this particular song, like I would say whilst pretty much every single song that's on, that I've written for this kind of period of, of, of time, um, I would say Bioside is kind of the one that is the least about the actual situation and more so about my relationship with kind of my following and, and, and kind of almost thank you to like them for like, as I said, like what we were saying before, like for being so supportive and being so kind of cool about everything that I felt like I needed to do um, when when things didn't feel good. Um, and obviously it still stemmed back to like what had happened. It was kind of, it, obviously the kind of core of, core of the song is very much about um, holding on to something or like obviously in my instance of a relationship, but I, you know, it could have been about anything. It could be about a friendship or a family member, it could be about anything. But holding on to something that is definitely coming to an end and you know it's coming to an end, but you just don't want it to end. So it's like, you know, it's definitely a difficult feeling. I can imagine we've all been through at some yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and um, I wanted it to be able to reach as many people as possible because I wanted it, I didn't want to make it too like, too just very, very specific about, about my uh, situation because most of the songs I've written about this particular situation are very specific. Yeah. And this one, I remember thinking like, mm, I kind of want to make it a bit more broad. I want to make people feel like they can listen to it and and interpret it in their own way and, and twist it into their own uh, into their own experiences, etc. So this one I kind of wrote more so for for as I said for like for the fans so that they could yeah interpret it in their own way. But it was but that is hard because you want to make it still interesting. You still want to make it like fun to li like you know cool to listen to, but. Um, you want to make it be as relatable as possible. It's quite, it's, it is quite a hard thing to do. They also discussed some of his musical inspirations and what he's got planned next. If you missed it last night, you can listen on the podcast's page at kmfm.co.uk. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. 
news you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.